So this past week, I was listening to the radio, and I was uh, on the radio where the, the DJ was talking, and uh, the DJ happened to be chatting about um, the season of the year, and was talking about Thanksgiving, and was talking about Christmas, um, and he was uh, talking about just what a joyous and what a wonderful celebration this time of the year uh, is, and he was all excited about that. Uh, but then he also was quick to point out, not only was he talking about how great the season is, but he was also quick to point out um, that this Thanksgiving might be a challenging time if someone was to be by themselves. If you were by yourself this year, how difficult that could be too. So he talked about the highs, but he also talked about how difficult it could be. Now, I don't know what you did for Thanksgiving or who you were with, if you were able to be with family and friends uh, this past week, but if you were by yourself, Imagine it would be hard to celebrate the holidays when you're lonely. That started noodling around in my brain. And so this thought about Thanksgiving and being alone uh, made me just think about the holiday season. It made me think about Thanksgiving. It made me think about Christmas and think about New Year's. And I thought, you know, as we approach the holidays, as we approach these, the, this, this time of the year, how we approach the holidays is going to impact how we experience the holidays. How we approach them is going to impact how we experience them. If we're by ourselves or if we're with family and friends, that's all going to impact, that's all going to impact your experience of Thanksgiving. It's going to impact your experience of Christmas. It'll, experience, it'll, it'll impact your experience of, of New Year's. And so I got to thinking about uh, how fast everything gets around the holidays, right? I, I kind of moved from, in my thought life, from just what it would be to experience these days to just thinking about the days themselves. You know, I was in the supermarket a, a day ago, or a week ago from yesterday. So it was the Saturday before Thanksgiving I was in the supermarket. I don't know if anybody else was there, but I got to tell you, the Saturday before Thanksgiving, you would have thought it was Armageddon. You would have thought it was the end of the world. And so I just was kind of looking around as I was going in for just a few things, but the people around me were just moving quickly. The lines were long, the customers were uh, you know, practically diving into the turkey pits to try and get their turkey out and to get the right one. And so uh, everyone had to get their perfect bird. There were log jams and traffic jams out throughout the parking lot. Everyone seemed to be in go, go, go mode on that Saturday before uh, Thanksgiving. And as I was kind of watching people, I like to do that once in a while, just watch people uh, there was this unsettled feeling within me. Because even as I was watching the people moving around, I was like them. I could sense within myself, my inner spirit, there was this pressure for me to move quickly. You know, I wasn't just meandering through the store myself. I was like, I was feeling this pressure to move. I was getting in, getting out. Don't look up, keep moving. Don't make eye contact. Grab your stuff. Get it in. Get it to the car. Get home. Like, I was in that same place. Like, I was in that thing. But noodling around in my head, as I said, is this concept of Thanksgiving. The concept of the holidays. And so noodling around in my head and my heart was the truth that leading up to Christmas is this period of time, this Advent. It's this season of time where we focus on the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love that is found by us in a relationship with Jesus. That's what we focus on at this season of the year. And so I was thinking about this. There was this war waging inside of me. And it's this war of this outside pressure and this inner peace. The outside pressure and the inner peace. I want the themes of Advent. I want hope. I want peace. I want more joy. I want, I want so much to experience God's love 
at this season of the year. I want that to be expressed through me to the world around me. I want people to see these things in and through me in how I speak and what I do and, and how I treat others. I want these things. I feel the pressure of the world to go, go, go. But I want my faith to be expressed into the holidays, into the world around me. So when Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's starts to loom on our calendar, what do you do to find hope and to find peace, to find joy and to find love? These themes of Advent. Do you feel the pressure that I'm talking about, that, that outside pressure? Do you feel it the way I do? How successful are you at holding on to these themes of hope and, and peace and joy and love? Is it even possible for us to hold on to these things? given the world that we live in today. For the past year, for the past year, I have been praying for, preparing for, and looking forward to our Christmas season this year. Literally for a year, I've been excited about this season of the year. The, the title of our message is Christmas at the Center, and I've had that up on my notes for a long time, Christmas at the Center. And the title for us is actually a play on words that I'd like to tell you about this morning. First of all, it is my prayer. It has been my prayer and continues to be my prayer that we will practice slowing down enough to make Jesus the center of our Christmas. That is my prayer. That's my hope for myself every year, my hope for my family, and my hope for you, that we will slow down enough to put Jesus at the center of our Christmas, that, uh, that more than all the hustle and bustle, we will find the hope and the, the peace, the joy and the love of God in our lives this year. That's, that's one reason that this title is here. But there's another meaning to this title that I want to share with you, and it's almost like an announcement of sorts. After months of soul-searching and prayer on the part of the leadership of the church, uh, so the session has been meeting, we've been getting together, uh, we have come to the belief that although we don't know exactly what this is going to look like, we can't tell you what it's going to look like yet, we feel that God is laying groundwork for us to become a recognized place of hope within our community. Please hear me say that again. We don't know what this is going to look like yet. We don't have all the answers. But we feel that God is doing something in us that he is going to allow us to become a recognized place of hope within our greater Wayne community. And so that is something that we are uh, looking to do. This first candle that we lit today is the candle of hope. It's a candle of hope. Now, a little year, about a, a little over a year ago, I was praying, and God expressed to me, uh, expressed to me through that time, that that in our town and in our community, we lack a center location for our community. We lack something. There's not a central location for people to find help these days. And then in a meeting this past summer when I was talking with Rosemary Ancampora, uh, she's the uh, woman, the director of the social services department, the seniors programs at uh, Wayne, the, the Wayne Township, she said, long gone, she said this to me, long gone are the days where we have a center, a community center where people can gather for safety and for help. We don't have that. The town tries to do their stuff, the Boys and Girls Club, the Y, and you've got the Elks Club. You've got different people in town who do things. But long gone are the days where the, that we have a center, community center, where people can gather for safety and for help. 
And I thought, man, what a coincidence this is. This has been in my heart and my mind for a while now. I feel God is leading us to do something big in our community. And now the community is looking for someone to do work in the same area of community building. And I thought, maybe there's a connection there. Maybe there's a connection there. Additionally, I don't know if you know this, but our church is literally in the center of our town. Literally in the center of our town. If you go back a decade ago and you were Googling something, um, you were trying to say, where is the center of Wayne, New Jersey? Right? Or you just wanted to Google Wayne, New Jersey. Now the, the little star or the little dot that Google puts is like over the town offices or the police station. But back 10 years ago, when you Googled the center or you Googled Wayne, that dot, that star was on our church, indicating the center of the community before Google algorithm got smart and put it in different places. It just geographically put the dot in the center location. That was over our church. Our church is literally in the center of the community. And so if I can be a prophet for a moment here as I just share with you, in 2023, God is going to show us what it will be like for us, how we can be a center in our community where people can find hope and peace, joy and love, that God provides through a relationship with Jesus, not just at Christmas time, but throughout the year. Our location, our leadership, our congregation, we are poised to do something new. And I would like to ask that you would commit with me to pray for this new thing. I don't know what it is, but I believe we are poised for something new. And I believe that God will bring that into our midst. And so I'm going to ask that not just today, as we're going to pray in a moment, but also going forward in your prayer life, as you say prayers at night or you wake up or you're wherever you are saying your prayers, if you would take time and pray for our church that God would reveal that commitment to doing something big and good in his community, pray that he would do that for our leadership and, and for me. So I'd like to just start our service today by praying for that. So if you join me, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. I thank you for the season of Advent. I see, thank you that today's candle is lit in the, the hopes of, of finding you at the center of our Christmas, Lord. And uh, we pray that you would give us uh, wisdom and that you would expand our, our, our opportunities for understanding what it is to be a light in a dark world. And so, Lord, help us to be that center community uh, going forward. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, going forward, in, in order for us to make Christmas the center, the center, in order for us to make that a reality, uh, we want to get close to God by, by understanding his word. And so um, for the next several weeks, we're going to look at Christmas through the lens of the book Isaiah. Uh, we're going to look at Isaiah, the words of the prophet Isaiah, and each week we're going to look at a different statement uh, that Isaiah made about the Messiah who was to come. And so today we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And this is what Isaiah said. This is a vision that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw, concern, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be in the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills, and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. Let us go to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion. His, world will, his word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will meditate, or will mediate between the nations and will settle international disputes. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears 
into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. There are some fascinating, fascinating points about this passage that we might miss on a first reading if we're not careful. And so I want to just pull some things out for you. First of all, the mountain of the Lord's house, where it says that in the first part of the passage, the mountain of the Lord's house, this is a phrase. It's a phrase that is being used as a metaphor for the Lord's kingdom or or God's heavenly sanctuary. And so Isaiah is saying, he's saying at some point in the future, God is going to be exalted above everything else. He's going to be the highest above everything else to the highest place. Nothing is going to be higher than God. Nothing is going to be higher than God. And people are going to come from everywhere. They're going to come from everywhere to recognize God. He's going to be the highest. People are going to come from everywhere. And they're going to worship and they're going to acknowledge God as Lord of all. Isaiah is saying at some point that's going to happen. He then says, he goes, we're going to be able to go into God's house. Not just that God is lofty on some mountain that we can't see, but we get to go into God's domain. So we get to go into God's house, and somehow we'll be able to go to the house of the Lord where he's going to teach us, he's going to teach us his ways, and we're going to be able to walk in his paths. And all the things that God teaches us are going to be not about violence and about war and how to about greed and how to get over on people, but instead we're going to hammer our swords and we're going to, to, to hammer out our spears, these things that are used for war and death, and we're going to turn these things into, into plows and into pruning shears, things that are used for gardening and for bringing life. Isaiah is forecasting a time when God is going to allow us to know him personally, we're going to be able to learn from him. We're going to be able to draw close to him. And then he says, come, friends. He says, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Light always stands for God's blessing and for his presence. And so when we go to God, we're going to exchange his light for the darkness of our corrupt minds. We're going to exchange our darkness for his lightness. We're going to experience his love rather than live in a, in a world separated from God forever and other. We're experiencing God's love forever and ever. Christmas, through the, the words of the prophet Isaiah, is when we celebrate that God comes to us, that God comes into our lives, that God so loves us so much that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal or everlasting life. As we learn to draw close to God, we're able to exchange the darkness of our hearts and of our minds for the brightness of life eternal. The world is looking for hope. The world is looking for hope. The world is always looking for hope, especially at this time of the year. People need hope. When they're fighting in the aisles or feeling pressured to buy that perfect gift, or maybe when they're feeling lonely by themselves, while others are celebrating, people need hope. Isaiah tells us that hope is found in God's abundance, in God's love. Hope is not something that resides within us. Hope is not something that resides within us. It's not something that I can conjure up and I can produce. I don't have hope within me because if I did have hope, 
within me. When I feel sad or when I feel lonely or when I feel neglected or rejected, I could find hope within myself and I would feel better. But I don't have hope within me. Hope isn't found here. Hope is found in something external. It is something outside of us. I have hope in something else. Isaiah tells us that our hope is in God. His mountain, his greatness above all others, he comes to us in the form of a person, in the form of Jesus Christ, so that we can follow in his footsteps, to learn from him, to follow in his pathways, to make disciples of others, and to love the world that he loves. The world that he loves. In this way, when we keep Christmas at the center of our lives, we are living in the light. And then we can share that light with others. When we come week after week after week to church, when you tune in and you're listening to this as a podcast or listening to this uh, online, when you come to this service, have you ever thought, what is the purpose of this time together? Why are you here? What are we doing here together? The Sunday school answer, of course, is Jesus, right? We're here because of Jesus. We're here to worship Jesus. And that's true. That's right. That is 100% accurate. We are here to worship God. But I found that when I ask people that question, when we dig down a little bit below the surface, why do you come to church on Sunday? Why do you tune in uh, to, this, uh, to this service? Many will respond that they attend a worship experience to spend time with family and to be inspired. Often I've asked that question, and that's what people tell me, that they tend to be with their community and that they come to be inspired. That is part of the gathering together on a regular basis with those who share your faith. You come to find hope. You come to find hope. So once you come and you've been filled up with inspiration and you find that hope, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? We come to God's holy mountain to be inspired to learn to walk in his ways and to follow his paths. And we do this so that we can teach others to do the same. This Christmas, perhaps more than any other, let's be intentional about how we interact with the world around us. Let's go out and inspire others this season with the hope that we have found. You know, each week uh, we are up here, we talk about how we have the hand warmers. But I didn't mention them this morning because I was going to mention them here. But we have hand warmers, boxes of hand warmers we buy. And we have them in stock so that you can take those and you can give hope to someone. Especially when someone is out in the cold. I don't know about you, but if I was out in the cold doing a service job and somebody gave me something that warmed my hands, I would be hopeful at that moment. Someone brought light into my dark existence. Those hand warmers or, or the bags that we have available to put stuff in, they're not the best for, for shopping, I know, but we can give them away for all kinds of different things. Those bags are available. You can find a way to, to give someone hope. At Christmas time, you'll see probably next week, we'll have the, the Christmas magnets out. Take a magnet and give someone a magnet that they can put on their refrigerator just to remind them of the hope that we have at the season of the year. All these are ways that you can bring hope to someone. And then this week, uh, the Project Angel, we've already, Angel Tree, I've already mentioned that today, but you know, it's a place where you can bring hope to a child. It's a place where you can bring hope to a child. Last week I talked to you and, and I shared with you that 
that, that God asks us to take all that we have in our possessions, our resources, our rich abundance, everything that you can think of that fits into the category of what you've been given, and understand that you and I are stewards of that. It's not mine to own. I'm a steward of that. And if you're here hearing that, maybe for the first time, or if you're hearing it even from last week, it's been a long time since you've thought necessarily about thinking of it as a stewardship. Because as soon as we walk away from that concept, we have to keep reminding ourselves we're stewards of what God has given to us. And so when you think about what God has given to you at Christmas time, this is an opportunity for you to pass on from what you have to bless someone else through the Project Angel Tree. It's an opportunity for you to share hope as you try to walk yourself in the path of Jesus Christ. Next Sunday night, we're going Christmas caroling. Plan to come with us. It's a youth group-sponsored event, but that doesn't mean it's just for the youth group. Come sing Christmas carols, sing these songs, and bring hope to people that might be shut in or people that are at their homes. We're going to be spreading hope throughout our community through song next week. These are just a few examples, just a few things that we do together as a church trying to bring hope to others as a community. But there are so many other things, so many more powerful things that you can do individually in the circles of life that you live in. The opportunities for you to share hope this year by, by being intentional with your time, your talent, your treasure, your words, your actions. When you're in the store feeling that pressure of the holiday season, allow your faith to push back. Allow your faith to push back against the, the chaos and the crazy, to push back and choose to love like God loves you. Give a smile. Hold open a door. Go out of your way to help someone. Slow down. Pray for the people around you. God is inviting you to know him and to share him with others by the way that you live. So be intentional. Look for ways to be God's ambassador of hope this Christmas. And when you do, you will be able to keep Christmas at the center. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this season of the year. And I pray, God, that you would do a stirring in all of our hearts. Lord, help us to push back against uh, the culture that tells us that Christmas is supposed to be a certain way and help us, Lord, to create new pathways and new inroads based on our relationship with you. Lord, help us to enjoy the Christmas season because it is a season filled with hope, with peace, with joy, and with love. And Lord, help us to look for the people around us who need that in their lives today. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.